Is there any metrics you're using or decisions on what you should be gating versus not gating? Or is that just, hey, this is a, a cool idea that I think really is valuable, like the database. And so that's what I'm going to gate versus other things are open and free to anyone. Like, how do you decide what's gated and what's not? I decide what's gated and what's not based off what I think is going to have the most amount of value. So my audio, my video content, my newsletters that I publish three times a week, like that's free to access because I think that's like the standard. Like that's what people should expect. And that's what I should deliver because if I under deliver, then I'm not sort of like producing at the realm of what a creator should be sort of producing. Now I could be completely psycho and be overthinking it, right? The reason why I sort of gate the the database or the additional articles, et cetera, is because yeah, I want people to feel like there's some value in getting the pins, right? So you get access to this database, you get access to these additional articles that sort of like my mental model and lessons learned across 20 episodes of recording and bring the, the practitioner who also kind of like applies his lessons, right? That he learns across the podcast. You get to access that as long as you take the effort and time to claim an NFT and spend some gas to claim the NFT, right? And I feel like to that extent, because I spent so much more time creating that myself and organizing that myself, that it should be rewarded accordingly to those who sort of take the additional steps themselves to access that content. So audio, newsletter, et cetera, for free, additional sort of like uh, content that takes me longer to curate is what's gated, but still for free, right? It's still free to access. It's just gated. Totally. When you put out these free NFTs, do you have the plan of the content that's going to be gated already? Or is some of that just happening kind of naturally as you go? Typically, it's like a week before I do it or two weeks before I do it, because I'm able to really just like sit down for a minute and really reflect on all these conversations, look through all the blog posts that I even published on my own website to the conversations that I have in the past, see what got the most engagement on Twitter, right? And what what got the most amount of downloads and sort of double down on those. Because if the metrics are telling me that those are the ones that did and performed the best, like those are, should be the ones that I sort of, uh, yeah, double down on. I think another another interesting thing is like what I've been experimenting with that extends beyond the newsletter is now posting on Leinster because I've realized that content creators do really well in Leinster in terms of how their the content gets distributed. So I remember posting, I did this one like commemorative post basically celebrating a year in writing, 52 newsletters were published, also published it on Leinster. It got over like a thousand people collecting it, a bunch of likes, a bunch of comments. Now, some of the comments were questionable, of course, but there was some like legit engagement that then translated into more newsletter subscribers. That's something I've been posting on and, and posting more on as well. Yeah. Hey, that sounds like an example of a tip number one of experimenting, you know, leading to growing your community. 